Our Mayor John Tory gave a press conference where he um, introduced three new initiatives that he'd be asking the police board to okay, and uh, they involve CCT cameras and a new technology. It's basically a bugging device. It's called Shot Spotter that would be added around the city to curb gun violence. Here he is talking about the CCT cameras. The proposal is to more than double the number of public safety CCTV cameras in our city. I want to make it clear because the police chief, uh, we've been talking, he and I, about cameras for uh, months now, uh, just as a tool that helps with crime prevention and crime suppression, uh, that uh, the intention in doubling the number of cameras is uh, to deploy those in public areas. We are not seeking to uh, saturate neighborhoods with cameras. Okay, uh, but, you know, back at the G20, when we had some cameras added to the street, they also said they wouldn't stay there, and I don't think they've ever been taken down. Here to talk about it, we're joined by Ann Kavukian, who's distinguished expert in residence at the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University, and I'd like to say friend of the show. Ann, welcome back. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Many thanks. Good to have you here. So we already have police CCTV cameras on the street. The mayor wants to double that. Uh, I mean, is this a valuable tool, as he says, for crime prevention and crime suppression? Or should we feel legitimately safer? Or is this kind of a false sense of security? You know, it makes me nervous. We don't want to become like London, England, where which is just saturated with cameras, millions of them throughout the city. And But I understand where Meritory is coming from. We've had an increase in gun violence. People are very nervous. I get that. Here's what I would suggest. If they're going to go this route, I think he said they want to more than double the surveillance cameras in the city. Yep. Then what they should do, they should introduce a policy where all of the video feed resulting from the cameras is encrypted. What that means is you're collecting the data, but you can't just access it if you're curious, if you're just wondering what happened in a neighborhood. So it totally protects people's privacy. However, if there is something that happened in that neighborhood, um, there's an incident, there's a gun violence or wh- whatever. You go to the, you get a warrant, mm-hmm. the police go to the judge, get a warrant, it's easy to do. Then by all means, you decrypt the data. It's not as complicated as it sounds. It's quite simple. Getting a warrant is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you get a warrant and then be my guest. You can examine the video feed relating to that time period. I just don't want all of this data captured and available for anyone to peruse for any purpose, whether they have authority to do so or not. So that would be my caution, because more than doubling the surveillance cameras we have, yeah. we should be very worried about that in terms of potential privacy infringement, and we should do something about it. And there is something we can do. We can encrypt the video feed. Back in the 90s, in the late 90s, I lived in Dublin, Ireland, and I was dating a guy whose brother was on the police force. And uh, they have cameras all around Dublin, all around downtown. And yeah. we actually stopped by. I don't know why we did this, and I don't know how we were allowed in. But it was Ireland in the, in the 90s, and we stopped by the cop shop, went in, and sat watching these two police that yeah. were just standing, like, look, sitting in front of uh, monitors and looking at what was going down in Dublin at the present time. So what you're saying is with this encryption, they wouldn't need uh, cops to be sitting there watching, and there'd be no need to, to watch it because you wouldn't be able to decipher what you're seeing. 
Exactly. And if I can also add, in London, England, you're talking about Dumbledore. In London, there were stories where the police, I'm not suggesting they would do that here, but they were looking at the video feed, um, looking at, the, you know, attractive women falling. Oh, yeah. I'd buy it. Things of that nature. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't want that. I'm not suggesting for a moment that would happen here. But the way to avoid all of that is to encrypt the video feed. Is, is this a result of our complacency with the G20 cameras? Because some people were making a big stink that they were yeah. left up because the cops said they were going to take them down after the G20 and they were left up. And, and it, left up. you know, was that a message to the, the authority out there that we are OK with Big Brother watching? I think it's just it's complacency. No one followed up on it. And this is the problem. When you get this kind of invasive technology and then it's not removed, it becomes the norm. And that's the problem. That's why we have to take some measures here. If they're actually thinking of doubling the surveillance cameras in the city, we have to make sure it's done in a way that is privacy protective and protects the citizens and yet is still available mm-hmm. when needed for law enforcement. All right. That that to me sounds like, uh, uh, you know, a level-headed compromise. Let's talk about something else that John Tor- our mayor uh, mentioned today in his press conference. It's the initiative to add this uh, technology. It's called ShotSpotter. Here's the mayor talking about it. It is technology that um, the chief believes will help the police to, uh, to much more quickly detect shooting occurrences when a firearm is discharged uh, and the precise location at which those firearms have been discharged so that officers can get to those places much faster. Uh, I think, as you know, that sometimes now when firearms are discharged, people don't even call 911 in some cases, so the police uh, don't necessarily even know that a firearm has been discharged. The technology essentially uh, uses microphones uh, to triangulate uh, sound waves so that they can accurately determine uh, where a gunshot has come from. I think from my reading of it, it may be within 25 meters or even a shorter distance than that, so a very precise location of where uh, shots have been fired. And the technology and the software are sophisticated enough that it can distinguish between, for example, a firecracker going off and a gunshot. And what it then does is send in real time uh, that information to the police. So they receive information almost instantaneously after there is a gunshot with a very precise indication of exactly uh, where the gun was was shot. It also will give uh, officers uh, crucial information such as how many shots have been fired and if there is potentially one more than one shooter it will likely give them information in that regard as well. Well, uh, it's come to this, I guess. Shot spotter, <laughs> they say, uh, will help you know police get to the scene faster, better yeah. protect and secure the area, resulting in building trust with communities. But you're essentially bugging those communities, aren't you? Now, it's interesting, Kelly. I, I just read very quickly um, something on this gunshot detection system. Mm-hmm. So it's new to me. Uh, so there may be things I don't understand. But from my reading of it, it sounded like all it picks up is the shots fired from a gun and sends that acoustic data to um, the experts who determine if it's a gunshot versus a firecracker, etc. It sounded as if it didn't collect any uh, personally identifiable data, like it doesn't link it to individuals. And so the question I would have, so if that's all there is, it just collects the acoustics on gunshots, it sounds like it will be a very valuable tool. Okay, let me break in then and, and yeah. bring you back to, uh, this is from a New York Times article from 2012, where there was uh, um, a murder case in New Bedford, Massachusetts, where Shot Spotter recorded a conversation that took place just before the oh. shooting, and a debate brewed over whether the audio would be admissible in court. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, there was a defense lawyer who said this technology is opening up a can of worms. And if the police are utilizing these conversations, uh, then the real is- issue is where it, where does it stop? Now, you're yeah. right. I did yeah. read about the technology and they said they erase every couple of days. They um, they don't uh, it doesn't pick up audible voices. But if this story is true in this court case, yeah. then, you know. I guess they're not paying attention to those things or that's not being sent to cops, but it doesn't mean it's not being recorded. We have to exercise enormous caution because I always say it's all, it's all about the unintended consequences of new technologies that are introduced. And in fact, I'm so glad you told me that because the one concern I had and I raised it as a question was whether conversations could be picked up by this technology as well. From what I read, it it sounded as if it didn't pick up conversations. But what you're just saying is that in, there's a case in New York where mm-hmm. verbal conversations were picked up. So that should set up all the alarms. And if they are contemplating using this gunshot detection system, they have to ensure that this only detects potential gunshots and it cannot pick up verbal conversations. Because then anywhere you're walking in the streets, you know, your conversations could be captured, which is ridiculous. I don't think that is what's contemplated, mm-hmm. but we certainly have to investigate the New York case you just referenced. You know, I I know Mayor John Tory. I think his intentions are in the, the right spot. I think yes. his heart's in the right place. Um, but, and one of the reasons why he says that they're considering using this shot spotter technology is it'll allow the police uh, real-time, reliable information on um, shots being fired, and it reduces the reliance on 911 calls. But isn't this really encouraging residents to keep their mouths shut, to remain mum about what's happening and not be a proactive member of society? I mean, that's what we're trying to encourage. And this almost doesn't, it discourages that by saying, ah, technology will take care of it. Now, you're absolutely right. We want to encourage people to use 911 and alert the authorities anytime anything is, is abounding in their area, like potential gunshots. No question. We have to be so cautious about this because I share your views. Mayor Tory is doing this with all the right intentions, but it's all about the unintended consequences of these technologies. And once they're in place, like you said, no one removes them. Like the video surveillance cameras should have been taken down. They weren't. So we have to be extremely cautious and make sure that this technology, this new system, does not collect any audible verbal conversations or anything of the like. Yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, we were talking about this, Chris and I, off the air. And one of the things that came up was the fact that, you know, you're talking about relying on technology. Well, the police force, it's it's staffed by humans. Right. And we would become yeah. they would become reliant on this technology uh, rather than a 911 call. But what if the technology failed in some yeah. respect and there was a shooting and someone called in a 911 call to report a shooting? Yeah. But we become so reliant on this technology and there's nothing on their books that they say, ah, it's probably just a false alarm. And they don't go. Absolutely unacceptable. It can't be an either or. That they only rely on the technology and, and not uh, people calling in potential gunshots, etc. Obviously, they would they would have to hopefully. investigate all of them, hopefully, of course, and we'd have to in, insist upon that. So this can't be an, a replacement for people calling in and the law enforcement actually pursuing such calls. Of course not. And obviously, I'm just giving hypotheticals of where we could go, because I think it's important to question these things, uh, you know, these technologies and the use of technology when, um, you know, the mayor starts to talk about the the use of this technology yes. as a, you know, crime-fighting initiative. Um, finally, oh. Anne, I want to ask you the feds in the province are expected to fund these initiatives. That is what the mayor is saying. They're hoping for money from the feds. Is this not a perfect opportunity for the federal government 
to get tough on our loss of privacy. Yeah, I would welcome that so much. You have no idea. Because to move on, as you may know, in the European Union, they've introduced a new law, the Annual Data Protection Regulation, high level, highest level privacy protection anywhere. And countries all around the world are trying to achieve adequacy. Japan was just issued adequacy with the EU. Canada lacks that adequacy. And our federal privacy commissioner has been pressing the federal government to get on with it and upgrade our laws so that we can have stronger privacy. This would be an ideal time to do it. And I really appreciate your time today. As always, have yourself a great afternoon. Many thanks, Kelly. Cheers. That's Ann Kavukian from Ryerson University. She is an expert in the realm of privacy.